Mambo vipi? What's happening? My name is Aniko Owoko and I am a lover of art, culture and everything African. And here we grant you front row access to your favorite celebrities, creators, the biggest personalities and industry experts. Come with me. You're now a VIP. Welcome to VIP Access. This is season three of my podcast and this is episode three. I'm sitting with an amazing individual and artist from South Africa. I'm coming to you from Johannesburg and I really love to be in this country. Since I landed, it's just been an amazing explosion of culture, music, fashion, art. And one thing about the artists in this country, they don't play when it comes to the talent and the music and the expression. Guys, the live music hits different right here. And I'm very honored to be speaking to one of the greats when it comes to live music performance and also recorded music. We are going to talk about his most recent album, Amaklasha. I hope I've said it right. He's going to correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm so honored to be sitting here with the one and only Fonkezi with my bandla. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Oh my God, did I butcher all the words? No, you did not butcher it. Um, but welcome to South Africa. Oh, thank you. I'm also happy to hear that you're having a good time. You guys, the culture, it's happening. Like to be in the club, to be, uh, you know, at the festivals. I went to Kunye. The people are so happy, the music. Yo, do you like performing in South Africa more than other countries or what for you makes South Africa stand out? Yeah, I do love playing in South Africa. It took a while for me to be sort of accepted and embraced in the live circuit. Mm -hmm. But now that it's happening, yeah, I think uh, what stands out for me, it's more like an interaction with the audience, especially versus Europe. It's more like in Europe, it's more sit down and really listening to the music, which is great. But in South Africa, people stand, people dance, people shout people sing along and I don't know if that's because of the language but it's an African thing even for me like I, last year I went to Saudi Arabia for some huge concerts but then the people were just like not really dancing and I was like hey, you look like you all want to move but you're not moving and then I just missed to be in the continent because you know how crazy we get like we just yeah. bust into moves we're screaming we're ululating uh, yeah I reckon it's an African thing I guess yeah. like to be part of the performance yeah. basically yeah so first things first say your name your first name how do do I say it? It's Bungeziwe Mabandla. Mabandla. What do your names mean? My name basically means there is more, like more children. So it's like an addition. It's like uh, more children or more great grandchildren. Yeah. So it's like an addition. That's really cool. I want to go back to the foundation of your career. You know, before your debut album dropped in 2013, what were you doing and at what point in your career do you feel like you got accepted in the SA industry? Because you talk about now I am accepted and you are actually one of the you know fastest selling artists when it comes to touring. But that wasn't always the case. And that's why we're sitting here to talk about the journey to becoming who you are today. Sometimes when someone will read a story on Mabandla or Bongezi where they'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously it worked for him, but it didn't always work for you. So do you remember, you know, that journey and kind of the breakthrough? Yeah, of course I remember. How could I forget? <laughs> Before music, I was actually um, trying to be an actor. I'd actually come to Johannesburg to be an actor. And uh, halfway through my course, I found the music scene in Johannesburg. 
And I uh, started like, you know, being excited about music and also having the opportunities to sort of make music like with on my laptop and at school a bit. So that's when I sort of switched to music. But things didn't happen for me until I met uh, Paolo Chibanga from 340 Mil. Uh, he's from Mozambique, but they had a band here in South Africa. So I started working with him, and that's how I would say my music career started. But it also took a while since from when I met him to actually releasing my first album in 2012. Album's name was Umlelo. What does Umlilo mean? Fire. In terms of the type of music you do, you know, it's very experimental, it's folk music. Why was this your choice of music? I think with every artist, or I assume with every artist, you try and make the type of music that you like or that you grew up listening and that you sort of resonated to. So I, you know, on the folk side of it, I definitely resonated with um, artists like Tracy Chapman and Lauren Hill, those like very soulful like guitar, acoustic artist, India Ari, Bob Marley. So, you know, I knew when I, that if I ever had the opportunity to make music, that I would, you know, do something similar. But now I feel like my music is changing and I'm experimenting with different expressions of music. So there's definitely feels of electro now. R&B, just like it's a mashup now. And what's life without, you know, incorporating change and experimenting? It's, it would be so boring. Yeah. What would you say was the biggest shift between your debut album and the last two albums? I feel like with each album, it keeps growing and getting better. And this album just came out now, so it's still, you know, finding its legs. But definitely the previous album before this one, the Emini album, which is like a love album, which talks about relationships. I think this album really shifted a lot for me, especially in South Africa. And I feel it's mostly because people could sort of relate a lot to the kind of life stories that I was talking about. Which one is the Times album? The Times is Amaklasha, which is my current album now. But oh, Imini means something similar. It means days. So it's like a tied in. Uh, tied in, it's the times and the days. So it's all about moments and like experiences and putting those experiences together. They make times and they make days, yeah, basically. And it is the mini album that actually won Best Alternative at the summer. Yes, and the previous album to that, Mangaleso. So yeah, those two albums won Best Alternative albums, yeah. That one must have been really amazing for you to see your work, you know, being recognized on such a big award ceremony and platform. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean to you? Do you care? Because a lot of artists say, I don't care about awards and stuff like that. But I know Summers is a biggie in South Africa. Yeah, I think um, it validated a long-term dream of being South African and, you know, watching TV and watching my favorite artist at the Summer Awards. And I think it does kind of say that, hey, people are watching, we recognize your work. And I think it's important for an artist to feel that their work is recognized. But with saying that, I feel there's a lot of great artists, you know, that don't have summers. So I don't think it's always an indication of like you're a great artist or you're not. But I'm just grateful that for any sort of appreciation. I want to talk about your most recent album, Amak Clasha. What was the inspiration to make this album? 
what did you take in um, consideration for the people you wanted to work with on this album? You know, straight from the writing, the production, and even the distribution. Yeah, this album really came through at the heat of lockdown here in South Africa. And I decided to make it a similar theme as my previous album because it was so soon after my album came at the beginning of the lockdown. And so I started writing sort of in the middle of it. So um, I think that was the one big thing that I, I wanted to continue the same sort of conversation on the previous album. So it's very much a love album and it talks about relationships and love but what I, I gathered from this album more than anything even though it's about about love it's also at the end I think the conclusion is very much also about self-love and self-realization which I think is also quite an important topic yeah and there's a song um, from this album Vangatini which I really love so tell me more about the writing and what the message is in this song so that song is written about the idea about separating from someone and uh, being a part and then sort of coming back together and trying to work things and the reason I thought this was a powerful subject is because I started to see that in my friends and in the circles that you do find that couples sometimes try and rework their relationship that it's always such an interesting moment where you rebuild on your love or reconnect and that song is about that you know reclaiming love and that's why Nobabangatini means no matter what they say and it's about like for Forgetting what people have to say and forgetting logic and sort of following your heart. In terms of, you know, South African radio media scene and the industry itself, do you feel like there's enough room for artists as yourself who, you know, stay true to the genres and even the messages? You know, you're not just writing a song for it to be number one in the club, but you are talking about true situations, you know, people's stories and your own inspirations of some people that you've been in contact with how have you been treated as an artist who's very specific to how you execute your art i think this is a problem not even specifically in south africa it's a problem in africa i think where you know the only artists that we know from nigeria you know ben a boy and with kids and i mean i love them as well they make and terms which i love so much but i also think there's a lot to say about musicians that are not so well known from those countries like specifically thinking about Neka artists like Asha just beautiful art and also I see this uh, even in the States you know where it seems like dance music and pop music is more celebrated but I do think specifically in South Africa it's the case you know if you're not doing ama piano or house music or gom people like are not sure where to place you and I'm a fan of that kind of art like I feel like real music artists like Zoe, Mudeja, Simpiwa Dana, Tandiswama Zwai, Berita, you know, these artists, you know, that are talking about. I just think it is a radio thing, you know, that, you know, how much does the radio celebrate these artists or play their music? I think it's just a norm. Some people even think, you know, they'll call it like, why do you play this kind of music? Why don't you record a song with like Black Coffee or like, you know, they just like, why are you making your life so difficult? 
Yeah, yeah. But there's something beautiful about soft, gentle. The type of music that you want to hear after a long day or after a heartbreak. Or music that asks questions, you know, that doesn't just make you dance and make you feel good, but it, it questions how you do things. And I think sometimes people are afraid of that kind of music. Yeah, they call it sometimes depressing music. And I had a big fight with some other dude, some podcast in Kenya. I don't even know who he, he was. I just told him right up to his face, you are dead to me and you're so irrelevant because he was dissing Boys to Men. He was like, who listens to Boys to Men music? They're always complaining, but it's that bias people have on, you know, soulful music or R&B music that it's a complaint yeah. and it's like so sad, but you don't have to look at it that way. Yeah, like my music is sad and I'm cool with that, but like it's real to be sad. It's a real emotion and it's part of being a human, you know, to experience sadness and to feel it and to express it, you know. I think some people are too afraid of those kind of emotions. Wow, what an interview. And it's very interesting. In the last episode of my podcast, I was speaking to Runyei, and he was also talking to me about his album Makulu, which is a dedication to his grandmother and all these stories around his grandmother and even his choice of singing in Venda. And, you know, that being something of the usual cause. So it's very interesting that so far in this podcast, I'm speaking to, you know, pioneers in their own way, but also relentless artists at, you know, their authenticity. It's like, what's going to make you stop making this music? Is there anything that's going to make you stop? I mean, they've tried, you know, they've <laughs> tried. You know, I've had some labels say like, yo, if you want to break into this market, you know, you're going to have to make some music in English. And I think it's far more than just the language. It's, it's an identity. It's about black pride. It's, uh, how you wear your hair. How are you in terms of your skin? What do you put on your body? And like Nina Simone, I think us black people are the most beautiful creatures in the world. So it's been an influence. It's not something I, I automatically had when I was young. I had to see other artists uh, being proud of their culture. And like, it was especially when I wanted to become a musician, so an artist that were the first, you know, to sing in their home language and, and to wear their traditional clothes. And it became like a statement. And I, I had to learn it to how do you be proud and sort of stand up for a culture that was tried to be eradicated and made to look like it's stupid and foolish. Yeah. It's actually very interesting you say that because sticking to your roots, sticking to your identity, to your language actually took you very far. You've toured a lot of countries, you know, globally. You've had successful tours almost in every key market outside of Africa. So tell me about, you know, that experience of touring and also touring very authentic music to, you know, South Africa and Africa. You know, how were the people receiving you? I never really planned for it. But I, I when I started making music, a lot of people said, you know, you, you're going to play around the world. And I was like, ah, oh, thank you for being so nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think in I, there are countries where people are very open to listening to music that they don't necessarily understand. Yeah, that's my most asked questions. Like, even my family is like, oh, what do they do in France when you start singing Khosa? Like, do they understand you? But I, t I try and tell them, you know, like, we have a Zimbabwean musician that's very big in South Africa called Olvam Dukuti, and no one understands the language, but they love his music. So I try and explain that it's the feeling and the emotions. But I do think sometimes other cultures are more open to listening to music that d they don't understand. I myself, language sort of 
falls away, yeah. Where were you born and raised? And, you know, did your parents and family always support that you wanted to be an artist and musician? Um, I grew up in the Eastern Cape uh, in a small town called Zolo. And definitely my mother and my family supported me becoming a musician. I think they saw my reports and they were like, uh, you definitely need to become an artist. <laughs> There's no other choice. <laughs> For real? <laughs> yeah, I struggled at school. But from a young age, as you know, I think like ever since I knew what the word artist was, that was what I was going to do. And I, I doubled into a lot of different art forms like painting. Uh, like I used to aspire to be an actor. So like I just knew I was going to be an artist. I think it took a while to decide what kind of form. Yeah. Has anyone told you that you resemble Lucky Day a little bit? Lucky Day? Yeah. Um, I want to show you. Where's my phone? This, do you see what I mean? I see what you mean. And I think you will love his music. Where is he from? He's from America. And I think he might have some African roots. I'm not sure. You will love him. My twin. Yeah. Yo, lucky day. So what's the plan, you know, for the rest of the year? I think this year has been really busy, you know, for the industry at large. Even in Kenya, since COVID, things didn't really open until this year, like full blast from January. Everything has been busy. I know you've been working very hard on the album. Now it's out. You're still promoting it, planning towards here and there and very soon it will be December and again it's touring season so what's the plan for the rest of the year and what would you like to see happen for your brand even in the coming years? I'll say my big wish is to play more African countries. It's been great uh, touring uh, European countries and um, eye-opening and to see different cultures but there's always just something that opens up in my soul you know to experience another African culture. I think sometimes we know so little about each other and I think it's eye-opening the few countries that I've been to in Africa have really changed my view on a lot of things so it just doesn't stand right that you know I fly across Africa to play in other places I love I love to play like I was saying in Kenya I'd never been to Nigeria as well I love to play in Nigeria I love to just play in all the different corners of the continent yeah I think this is where we are plugging Bonkeziwe. I'm a band like this is one of the best live music performers in the continent period. So there's nothing stopping you from reaching out to him. He's on the social media platforms or you can let me know. But please, we need this guy to come and perform in East Africa and Kenya. Anybody listening, I need you to book this guy, please. I'd love to come. And also like vice versa. And it's really great to see a lot more African artists, you know, playing in South Africa and playing in our festivals. You know, I just did a collaboration concert with Blick Bassi from Cameroon. I guess a lot of the people that came didn't know his music. But as soon as he started singing, you know, you can see like them discovering a part of themselves and the awakening, you know. And um, I hope to do m more collaborations like that because what I love most about African music is like how site-specific it is. Like you can hear music and you know, this music's from Zimbabwe. Or you can hear music and you can hear this music is from Mali. And even now with the rise of the Amapiano genre, you can actually hear this is Amapiano from West Africa, from East Africa, mm -hmm. from Southern Africa. Because for instance, like the Kenyans will be singing Amapiano in Swahili, yeah. Nigerians obviously in Pidgin. Like I, if 
I listen, I will tell this is a Nigerian thing. I'm a piano from like Southern African. So yeah. even though it might be the same genre, yeah, there's something very specific to a different African country and the way another African is interpreting it. That's the beautiful part. Yeah, and I think we need to explore more those sounds. You know, being lucky enough to hear music from Cape Verde, Morocco. My favorite music is definitely from Mali. Mali music, but yeah, music from Egypt, music from Zambia. So you like like the likes of Ali Farkature. Yes, Salif Keita. Yusundur. And like the biggest compliment that people say to me in South Africa when they don't know how to describe a music. So like, his music is like a mix of those kind of music. Uh, they're like, he sounds like a Yusundur. And I'm like, there's also another musician I've discovered, Bonga from Angola. Woo! I saw you did a collaborative project with Baloji. Yes, uh, I'm in his new film, which came out already, and it's doing really well. It's my first film in a while, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how it's being received all over the world. You know? So you're back to acting? <laughs> a little bit. I'm hoping that this opportunity opens up more roles, and more roles that I care about. And uh, yeah, Fantastic. So before we wrap up, I'm just going to ask you maybe to give advice to the artists what should they do to stick to their authenticity i don't want to use the cliche that africa your time is now but i do think that there's something really incredible about africa and african music and african arts you cannot deny it and uh, you can see the world is only recognizing it now but there is something powerful with how we do things i heard somebody say like sometimes when you are african and you do not see the value of what you're doing because these things, they come so easily to us and so naturally to us that it's hard for you to value it in a currency kind of form. So I thought, like, that's really interesting because, you know, singing, dancing, making art are things that are natural to us and uh, they come so easily. And I think we do art like no other culture does it. And uh, definitely, I think that's one of our strongest things that we, we have. You know, it comes inherently. It's natural to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we also have the gold and the diamonds and, and the oil. So just one of the things that is so powerful about being African and the beauty of being African. So in other words, you're saying to be authentic to yourself, just be yourself. Yeah. And value yourself and value where you come from. Basically look within as well. And if you look back at the music industry, I mean, you're somebody who's quite experienced. If you look back from the time you released your first album until your most recent album that came out this year, what would you say are the lessons you've learned or the most important lesson maybe? There must have been so many lessons, but what's the one thing you know now that you probably didn't know when your earlier albums were coming out? I think it took a real long time. I was always sort of doubtful about myself and what I'm doing. And uh, I wish I had sort of believed in myself and in my art a little bit more earlier because I think when you believe in yourself even just as a person never mind when you believe in who you are you operate in the world a little bit differently and you walk it with your head a little bit higher and you know what to say no to and what to say yes to so I think it's really important for an artist to sort of understand their value early and understand the power of or the might of what they're doing hey <laughs> hey 
Hey, so beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. Those were such beautiful words. You're such an artist. All the artists coming here dropping gems. Yeah. I feel like you guys are writing me songs. Yeah, I write songs. <laughs> Any message you would like to give, you know, to your fans? Bongeziwe fans who've been, you know, with you, the army from day one. And even those who are, you know, currently pushing the new record, you know, requesting songs and videos and giving you good feedback. And even those who are just discovering you on this um, YouTube and podcast, what would you like to tell them? Yeah, I'm always getting that messages. When are you coming to Kenya? When are you must come to Nigeria? And like, it warms my heart. It's because, you know, to, to make music in Johannesburg and to write songs and to be able to have, you know, other cultures that are very far from me is a blessing. And for people to connect with my music, besides the language, I guess the message is I appreciate that so much. And I I hope I will be able to see you soon. Thank you very much, basically. I'm also very thankful for you, for your time, for coming here, for granting VAP access into your career to take me back to your albums and, you know, sharing your story with everybody listening. It's very powerful. It's very inspiring. And I really truly honored to you know have sat down with you and just to be in your country to experience you know the culture firsthand to speak to various artists i'm very very thankful i'm glad this happened at the very last minute it's been a joy to talk to you and i'm, I'm glad that you are having a good time here and yeah thank you thank you so much um ladies and gentlemen that was bongezi Wemabandla from south africa he's an amazing folk and experimental music artist go out there on all the social media platforms and follow him his new album calls i'm a pleasure pleasure is already out I'm, I'm learning my click we don't have a name for it but the language i speak is called tosa two different clicks come from from tosa yeah the other languages in south africa also have clicks or only tosa i think mostly it's uh, zulu and tosa but tosa i think it has more clicks and the other ones not so much yeah yeah Wow, see, you guys learned the difference between the clicks. It's not one but two. So <laughs> that's part of the culture that I'm learning. So thank you so much, uh, Bongezi. It's been such an honor. We will be back with you next week again with yet another amazing artist to take you behind the stories and the scenes as to how the beautiful music was made, how the tours were made possible. This is why I run this podcast, VIP Access, to take you behind just to know what the artists are about, you know, the inspiration. Operations. And I'm very honored that you're always coming back here to listen to us, to watch us. So wherever you are, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube, and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much. Bye. All right.